Easy, big fella. Halsey. David? Christopher? Get some uh, good audience. Halsey. Yeah, audio sounded good. I was dying. At least we weren't live. Right. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, wait, hold on. I need to. Ah, ah, ah. Uh -uh. You didn't say the magic word. Ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic word. Ah, ah, ah. I love the Wonder Woman t-shirt. Oh, yeah. And you got your crib ready? You got love the crib it. In the house? Love it. Oh, oh boy. yeah, man. Should I say girl? I'm, Ooh, I'm gearing up. A regular crescendo. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm definitely uh, getting ready. But I'm so, like, stressed out, man. I gotta go to this camping trip tomorrow. I leave. But, like, I'm excited about it, but it also sucks because Sunday, just a couple of my buddies are coming over for the Eagles. Eagles play and Dolphins play at, like, the same time, and they're both on the networks down here. So we'll get both games. And we're going to watch nice. them all at the same time, you know, have some pizza and just, you know, relax. But, like, where I'm going is, like, four hours north. Oh, man. And, you know, I did just drive from Georgia and back. Yeah, you just had a little hurricane right. mishap. So I got to no, do that. I got to do that, and I got to come back. And then next weekend, we have to fly up to Philly for Heather's oh. baby shower. It'll go by quickly. Uh, yeah. I know. Plenty of, plenty of weed will be needed. I'll just Edibles. keep smoking my brain out. You better just keep smoking and choking and be if like, you can, joking. I'm going to be like a train driving up there. To like, That's what you need to do. I hear that train coming. It's rolling down the hot. And Johnny get through this weekend by smoking pot. Well, he's stuck in baby shower. And time keeps dragging on. When he hears those presents open, he wants to go on home. Who did the Eagles play in week one that they beat? The interdivision rival uh, Cincinnati, Washington Redskins. Oh, right, 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 right. And who did they play this weekend? The Giants? The Giantiers? The New York football Giants. Giantiers. Yes, the New York football. Scardi's not making it on tonight. I think we should give him one more shot, and then we, we wrap it up, and we do a nerd. Well, we've been basically doing a nerd for the past, uh, now, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, especially that 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 outburst that Biscardi's always wanted to do, he basically just did right there for real. Yeah, the real outburst. The fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? I got no screen. <laughs> No screen, what the fuck? I can't see anything. Never met, and I have my share of problems because I'm still like doing off my desktop because the Mac can't do Skype or something. We've all had our fair share of problems, but I've never met anyone with this depth of problems as Biscardi with his audio. There's, I feel like there's always an issue. Well, that's it's what funny. I, but it's like a gimmick. That's what. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's what I think the nostalgia of this and the the charm of this show is that you and I barely know what we're doing. To even, right. to even put this thing together, but the you know the, con the content is so great that people deal with the shitty production. Um, but Biscardi, it, it writes it, itself. It's like every single week at the last minute, nothing is ready. Like when we're when we have a show, say you say nine o'clock, I make sure everything's ready at like eight o'clock. Like I can get on Skype and it's I very punctual and I get hijack loaded. And everything's up because I don't want when we jump on to be unprepared Hold on. and then 20 minutes go by and we just did a show but it's not really a show because we're just bullshitting but I've been Hold counting on. this as an early sports with John 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 sports with John John I love the sports with John logo you behind uh, Lincoln yeah. Financial Field right. rising above those eyes mm-hmm Perfect. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold. Uh, back to that story about the foul ball. Uh, yeah. Uh, Todd Frazier looked visibly upset while Matt Holliday wiped away tears. Frazier had tears in his eyes as he spoke to reporters after the game. It was his fifth inning liner that he hit 
the girl in the face as she sat with her grandparents about five rows up on oh, the third no. base side of Yankee Stadium. Frazier said he thought of his own two children who were both under three years old. Wow. That's, uh, that's hard. Uh, uh, see, and now to improve this, because it's baseball and it's really not a big deal, I don't think. Oh, they're going to put a net where you, if you. They get, already have one and they're going to like kind of just make it bigger. Make it bigger, right? Who cares? Like, I don't even see that thing if I'm ever no, lucky no, enough no. to sit behind there anyway. No, yeah, you don't see it on TV. You don't really see it if you're there. It reminds me of, I think it was Steve Carlton. Don't quote me on that, but he hit a foul ball playing for the Phillies years ago and he hit somebody with it. And as they're being led away on a stretcher, he hit another foul ball and hits the same woman again uh, twice. What? With a foul ball. Oh, yeah. And she's being carried off. So he went to go visit her in like the hospital and she woke up and was like, what did I ever do to you? <laughs> Something like that. You know, good sport, no lawsuit or anything like that. Right. She was okay, but it was one of those, one of those things. But a young catfish runner. Ooh. I haven't done an ooh in a while, so I gotta let this out. So audience, prepared for a yeah, so when I listened to this baseball story, America's Pastime, and it hit it, it reminded me of some old players of a, oh, you might as well just get the nets down because it reminds me of Catfish Hunter. Oh, do I have an artist in here because it reminds me of Stan Musial. Oh, I hope you're ready for growing pains because the Miracle Mets, Tom Seaver's in the house. Oh, I just shed my pants from going, oh. Yeah, so now we get that out of our system. Standings uh, in the for blasphemous. Standings in the American yeah. League: Indians, Astros, Red Sox are in in the National <laughs> League. Bullshit. Dodgers, Nationals are in. And uh, what were you gonna say? Set me up for no. a blast. Yeah, I want to say up for a blasphemous. Um, a so you've seen, yeah, you've seen Jurassic Park. Obviously, one of the best films of all time. I saw it with you. <laughs> I know. Which reminds <laughs> me, have you ever seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind? No. Excuse me? It's a Spielberg film. Correct yourself in the dick again. What did you just say? It sounded like you said no. I don't see every Spielberg film. But it's a great flick with Richard Dreyfuss being a Jaws, man. I think you'd appreciate that art. Uh, Last time, have you ever seen the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Don't wait for the translation. Answer the question. What? you ever seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind? No! Put more gas in it. And we got the started live. Ready to go. Ready to start the show once and for all. Uh, All right, let's see. Let me pull the microphone out. Sounds good. Sounds good. I may need. I was going to start the show, but God, my energy just almost got totally exerted into this. Catastrophe. What is this plugin, by the way? The first time to say. No, it's probably just some update. Yeah. All right, ready to go. Let's do it. All right, let's let's uh, let's count us down. <laughs> like stop. <laughs> Bathroom pranks. I need you to go ahead and pick up the cheese. The cheese. Uh, maybe we can find a clip. We should go to the the bottom of the ocean more. There's things under there that we haven't even touched. Then. There's nothing historical about you that I think is important, other than you're just the bad guy. If you lose your zest for the spoken word. Let's say I look down on these drug dealers or whatever they want to do. It just wasn't my business. I wasn't comfortable with it. I didn't like the people that you had to deal with. But you really want me to believe that with all that money out there in drugs, that you turned away from drug money? You really want me to believe that, that you had come functions about the people it's a dangerous backstabbing business and there you have hypocrisy at its finest that was sammy the bull gravano who is now a free man talking 21 years ago to barbara walters in his uh, only interview and we're wondering if he might have one again coming up but he might be on reality tv welcome to the podcastle or here on the podcast, so we'd love to have him on via Skype, not really in person. <laughs> he looks, he looks, he looks, he looks deranged. Do you see his uh, mugshot from prison? Well, he's covered, he's suffering from a, a disease called Graves' disease, which he, you lose all your hair. <laughs> oh, does he have? Does he have that? 
And apparently it, it's common among smokers. Graves disease. Tales from the grave. What was it? Wait, what's the uh, hypocrisy, Biscardi? I didn't really hear it. Because he, you know, I was going to get into that. Okay. He, uh, he's out on, uh, he's finally been released on early release. Right. From uh, uh, not anything, uh, not an arrest mob related. He was arrested back in 2000. I remember the exact day that it happened to. Um, he was arrested for running an ecstasy ring. Oh. So this was a guy who was totally against, totally against uh, you know the drug business because you know it, not that he he cared for any moral reasons, but you know the people that you had to deal with didn't like the dirty backstabbing business that it was. And uh, when he realized there was no other way to make a living, he turned to the easiest way to make a living in the deserts of Arizona. Ecstasy pills, it was right? ecstasy at that time, yeah. E. Uh, Molly. MDMA. And he is out. He is out. Now, Mike, Mike, Michael told me years ago maybe like 15 years ago, that Sammy Gravano, Sammy the Bull, charged with 19 murders, did five years of jail, plea, was actually painted in a, in a rather poor light in, in comparison to John Gotti, uh, at least in the film Gotti, 96 HBO, to where Gotti was, you know, this renaissance man taking control, honor, and Gravano was kind of this thug, but Gotti, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, treated Gravano pretty badly and was kind of a piece of shit to the guy. Nah, nah. He wasn't as. They, uh, put, all right, let me rephrase. Counselor, I'll mm. rephrase. Mm. I'll retract. Counselor, mm. I'll rephrase. Counselor, let me rephrase. Mm. So Gravano was Gotti's right hand man, uh, yeah. but at the end of the of the Gotti's career, he turned turned into a rat to you know not do not get death penalty and all that jazz. Or I guess in New York it isn't there. Not get life. But well, it um, wasn't New York charges. He was charged federally. It was fed. Okay, so so he he turned. He, he was a turncoat, and he did what? Five years, and then went in, in uh, witness protection, and then did he get? Well, was he kicked out of there because of the the drug thing, or was he still in there? No, he actually, he was already out of the witness protection by that point. I think he just didn't want to be in the witsec anymore. So I, I guess he said, "Forget this. I'm gonna you know do my thing." But um, yeah, this was a guy later in that interview, he talks about how he, uh, he was asked point blank by Barbara Walters if he would ever, you know, get back into that life. And he goes, no, why would I do that? In reality, what he was trying to do by the late 90s is actually build his own family. Have, you know, no Cosa Nostra. You didn't have to be a made guy. There was no, you didn't have to be Italian. He just wanted to start a business with anybody who was hungry ruthless like him and was willing to be, you know, coached in, in the old ways as he was. But uh, the only way he could do that when there's no more unions to infiltrate and, you know, you can't corrupt the garment district in Phoenix after drugs. Your brother is a killer. Your father is a killer. Well, well, I did what you what did. I thought and I saw this picture in the news. I thought Oh, he, he died. Or you immediately think dead. Every time you see a face of somebody you haven't seen in a while, and so you immediately think dead. And you're like, oh, no, they just donated a kidney to save someone's life. I thought they were dead. Why, was he, let why was he Sammy the Bull? Why was he because the Bull? Because when he was a young boy, when he was a young boy in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, he uh, had his bike stolen. Bensonhurst. So he's going all over the neighborhood, this little kid. And uh, he was—he picks a fight with the guys who stole it when they—they they found it. Nice. When he found them, and then across the street as he's fighting with these guys who stole his bike, I guess uh, a couple of wise guys across the street noticed him, and then they approach him and he said, "Look at this kid. He's like a little bull, Sammy the Bull." And, and it stuck. He was just he, what a teenager, a wise guy. Yeah, he was like ten. That's great. Yeah. So he was, yeah. a bad, he was a badass, Sammy the Bull. Bad boy. I mean, not a big guy. He stands maybe like five foot five. Yeah, he's pretty well built in his day. But, so I mean, he he's like not a, a big guy. He was like a bulldog. 
Sammy the Bulldog. That probably right. would have been better. Yes. <laughs> More accurate. Yeah. Sammy the Bear Market. The Bull Market. Sammy the French Poodle. What? Sammy Sorry, the, Matthew, the what was, Poodle. Matthew, what was your question again? I forget the question. Oh, so was he unfairly treated by John Gotti throughout his career? No, I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't personally think so, but you know that's my opinion. Uh, now, the way I, it was, according to the book I read, I read his book like God. Oh wow! It came out was twenty you years homework. ago. I think I read it maybe seventeen. Maybe seventeen years ago, I read the book. It's very good. Uh, Which Underboss. book was this? Okay. He wrote a book back in 90, 96 called Underboss. Okay. I think I read it like ninety nine or two thousand. Um, hmm. somewhere around 2000 and uh, can you hear me how was it 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 it's well, it written in the first class. person he, he uh, the, the story that I that I read was that they had a statute of limitations and I guess the feds uh, would have lost their case had they not been able to indict the guys by a certain time and at that time, it was somewhere mid-September, mid-December when they caught them. So they all get arrested at the Raven Night mm-hmm. Social Club back sometime mid-December before Christmas. And uh, what he says in his book, that, uh, God, he tells everybody, go out on the lamb, disappear. You know, get out of the, the feds were on to them. So they all do. So he had this house somewhere down in South Jersey or somewhere. It was a farm. He took his family there. And he was just going to wait it out for a while, you know, stay on the lamb. Yeah. And the I guess John Gotti, yeah, John Gotti called a meeting, brought it's everybody back. As soon as he brings everybody back, Fed comes storming into the Ravenite, arrested oh, uh, Jim Cascio. Uh, oh, that was in the and film I, Gotti. Yeah. yeah. And there was and one of the Gambino sons got arrested, but he, I think he got released or something. Um but yeah, so it, to answer your question, was it unfair? Well, they, I guess according to the book, had uh, they all just stayed on the land, the feds would have lost that case and would have had to start over. Oh, but they so went back to the Ravenite and then they got pinched, and that was the end. The history was written. They you know, cheesed it. Yeah, but I mean, you think about it. Look at your government. This is your federal government for you. You know, they buy this guy's testimony. Now, Rico. To put, oh. and that's the Rico one. Yeah, Rico statutes say, uh, you know, give us your your little. We'll, we'll collect all your little guys. Out of all those little guys, out of out of maybe a hundred of them, one of them's gonna rat on the big guy and every other big guy that's out there. Right. And uh, that's what bring them down. Here's the dirty. Rico case. You dirty rat. rat. You killed my boss. And no, Dude, no, you know. no foul dressing called Rico is going to make it any better. You now, when Gotti, now Michael, I consider Michael an expert on the Italian. The, uh, I know who can trust Biscardi. He's probably on the inside covering up right now. Yeah, they call him Mike. He's the, innocent, I swear. They call him Mikey the host, Biscardi. <laughs> uh, so Gotti, when Gotti went to prison, he was still the acting. He was still the boss of the Gambino family. Until he died, or was he? Was that kind of from the inside? There, yeah. Is there, is there still a mafia, yeah. or is it still? Is it kind of just decimated because of the technology of the federal government? Well, the mafia—the word mafia actually only exists in Italy, believe it or not. It's something that few people oh, know, but I did not know. It does not exist in the United States. That um, is organized crime. That's yeah. For lack of a better term, we'll just call it the thing of theirs. Um, yeah, I guess it does. I mean, um, there's plenty of guys I've met in my time that I won't talk about, but um, most of them are in prison. No, no, no. We don't want to do that. Uh, you know what it is? There's no money to – it's a waste of time. There's, there's no, no money, money right? to be made anymore. Yeah. Um, so drugs is really all that's left. And I think right. that's what Gravano – this is going back to early – you know, 2000. After – the Gambino family was bought, brought down. Uh, that left the Genovese was, you know, Vinny Giganti, and he was pretending to be crazy and, and walking around in a bathroom. And uh, then the Columbos were pretty much brought down. 
And uh, bananas were actually left behind, believe it or not, if anybody knows the Donnie Brasco story. Very well. Uh, and there's still yeah, another well, one. Well, that was too, kind right? of a it was kind Sadly. of a blessing in disguise for them because the Bonanno family was kicked off the commission, so Rico no longer applied to them. So by the time they've gotten the Columbos, the Bananos, the Genoveses, the Lucchese's, and the Gambinos, that left the Bananos out of the commission, so they were kind of free to do what they want. So it was this guy named Big Joe Messino, and he ran uh, a pump-and-dump scam back in the mid-'90s. I watched that recently. Bananas. He was making millions. There's a a show on Netflix. Um, It's a mafia documentary series. There's like six episodes. They talk about the New York mob, Philadelphia mob, this and that. Um, But they talked about this this pump-and-dump scheme, and these guys were making like millions of dollars off of – I mean, it's incredible. Pump and dump. Which I think that, yeah, which I think the new corporations are doing right now. They're the new mob. Bananas. Oh, five awesome. families. Bananas. I, I mean, I, I see, I see pump and dumps happening every day. Yeah. And they so were they banana, were badass. Big Joe Messino. Well, they were. It was white collar crimes by the '90s because the unions had all been, you know, the 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 feds were on to the fact that unions were all infiltrated by. By the mob, by the New York fans. I'm going to make some pasta. I'd watch the the Atlantic City and Philadelphia guys were were kind of even by the mid '90s. You know, like Joey Merlino, he was by the late '90s. uh, He was indicted. Paying everyone. And yeah, and Nick, and they finally got Nicky Scarfo and all the guys. There was just no, um, there was no business to be had anymore. They got everybody. Yeah, and uh, Gravano. Everybody credits him for the guy who brought down John Gotti, but the fact of the matter is that Sammy Gravano really is credited for bringing down everybody. It almost got to the point where the guy was going typical. into a courtroom because that was part of his like deal Superman. with the feds. Yeah, he said, you know, bill. if you want a nice cushy deal, it's not going to be just John Gotti and uh, Frank Lacasio was still alive. You got to give He's them all. Yeah, he. he People were heads. walking into courtrooms, and as soon as they saw Gravano's face, they just pled guilty. <laughs> so Immediately. That's oh. amazing. Yeah. He brought him down. That's the name of the show on Netflix, by the way, is Inside the American Mob. It's six episodes, and they have real live, uh, you know, members, made men uh, talking about, and, and cops as well, talking about the 60s through the 90s mm. and the rise and fall of the American American Mob, and it's a very interesting documentary. They talk about the five families. Uh, let me ask you this: the, You said the was it the Bananos that were kicked off the commission? Or are they back on now? Is it, are there still five New York families? Bananos. Well, yeah, it's it's it's. There's always been five families. It's just when it comes to Rico statutes, the way the, the okay. way the law is written is that if you show that you're in any way connected to a, an entire organization, an empire, if you will. Then um, you know the shit can roll up. Uh, so Ooh, you get the little son. guy. Some shit rolls uphill. Says I, I, I work for this captain who's he's in the he's a capital achievement for for this family who has a, a, uh, this boss this underboss this consigliere who's doing a um, a, a construction deal with with this family and everybody that's it's everybody falls under the umbrella is susceptible. It's what happened was after, after the Donnie Brasco thing, because Donnie Brasco infiltrated the Bonanno family, the other families made an example of the Bonanos and said, "You're all out. You brought this federal agent in." So mm-hmm. it hurt the it hurt the Bonanos. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, while all the other RICO warrants were were being handed out to the other families, the the 80s and 90s. They had a chance to kind of regroup and build themselves back up. Restructure, which they a did. Ah. Right. So when, so when they got Gravano back in the and Gotti and uh, Lacascio back in nine in nineteen ninety, um, you know, Gravano really ratted everybody out. Well, he couldn't. They they had no case on the Bananos at that time. So that's that's kind of how it works. That's very interesting. But yeah, but then later on, of course, Joe Messina was faced with a murder charge, and he was facing the death penalty by the feds, 
which he probably wouldn't have gotten. Even if he got the death penalty, he they wouldn't have they would have the federal government does, doesn't kill anybody except you know Timothy McVeigh. But uh, he Super ratted strength. everybody else out. Yeah, so it was the first time a boss had actually cooperated with the government in order to avoid the death penalty. Would you say Rico is a little un-American, or is it for the greater good, and you agree with that? I'm not personally for it. I, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's a little that's, ridiculous. That's the one thing that Giuliani did that I don't approve of. That's only my personal opinion. So, Rico, it sounds like, well, we really can't build a strong case quick enough as we'd like to, so we'll, we'll just make this up, and you know he's kind of guilty. You're kind of throwing out the Constitution a little bit, right? It's a witch hunt. That's what it creates. You know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy? Good. Get them all. And aren't you throwing out the constitutional rights a little bit with that? Yeah, well, that's no. the big debate. But, but uh, Giuliani, he had a hard-on for them in the 80s, and he wanted he to get it. In that Netflix documentary, Inside American Mob, he's in pretty much every episode, Giuliani, and archive footage, and, and present day, you know, he gave interviews. And he had a hard-on. For these guys. I mean, he went down to D.C. and was like, I need this much money and this much agents, and we're going to take them down. I mean, he had a vendetta. Giuliani. It was like uh, Bobby Kennedy going after Giancano and all those guys in the 60s. You know, he just wanted to ram the yeah. Washington Monument up their ass. Mm, he, he knew. He knew. Who were the guys who got him elected? He knew they were still well, poking around. There you go. The rap back. Really, really uh, interesting. I personally never understand why the federal government spends that much money, that much time, when we got terrorists walking around threatening the United States. We, we got um, we probably have North Korean sympathizers, you know, moles. Oh, of course. In this country, but to waste time on organized crime. No. The it's amount of wise guys that that we have locked up in the federal system to me, it's like, all right. So what did this guy do? He he. Kill somebody that you you don't really give a shit about. That, right. Um, Gambled you know, a little bit. Ran numbers in the back of some bar, some dive bar, and and yeah. not not a biggest threat to everyday life. I'm sorry. And third, and, yeah, and thirty years ago, you know, corrupted union uh, labor unions. You yeah, know, who th- gives doesn't a bother shit? me. <laughs> doesn't bother me. Being that I share Mike's uh, passion for Southern Italian food, I- I'm going to have to launch an investigation. No, but uh, I, I agree with you 100%. And there was actually – this was like 2007. There was a debate whether the, the, the New Jersey ports – or maybe it was New York. I think it was New Jersey. The ports were going to be sold and leased the uh, the security of them to a, uh, a, a Middle Eastern company. You know, this is height of war and terrorism. And in a poll, they asked the public, would you rather have the ports – controlled by this Middle Eastern company or the mafia. And it was like something like 94% would choose the mob. Duh. And and we're seeing that then like some Middle Eastern company. So it kind of shows you that majority of people don't really give a shit. Uh, It's not really, they're not really being affected by quote unquote organized crime, the Italian American sense. You have to worry about terrorism. I agree. Yeah, I don't think you should spend another dollar on that stuff unless it's something blatantly open to me. You know, you have to do something. But And I think with like how crazy it is, some people would be like, Oh, cool. Mob ties? All right, I'm in. Uh, I am uh, in. Sign uh, me up with those guys. (laughs) I've seen every season of Sopranos. Right, but the reality is the Sopranos is so incredibly fake. Of course. uh, I mean, um, but it was creative. I thought it was a, a... it was creative writing. It was David Chase's yeah. creative writing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it doesn't go down like that. It really does. You know, yeah, they could have been like a motorcycle yeah, getting glorified. Right. It's, uh, I mean, going to a, a shrink. Sam Crow. You know, if, Sam a boss, Crow. if a boss ever did that, he, he'd probably find himself in, you know, the same fate as Castellano. Some of that shoes. Some of that shoes. Now, Castellano but, apparently no, Castellano. had the nicest house on... Staten Island, according to some yeah, sources. Is that true? Okay. Night at the White House? I love, yeah, the White House. And since he's owned it, well, since he's passed, I should say, it's even nicer. There's no one better to travel through New York with than Michael Biscardi. And I say that not just because he's a friend, oh, no. but truly the history. I'll, I'll, Michael and I have driven through the, you know, New York, and I, I don't know where the hell I am. And he's like, well, no, over there is the house, and, you know, my mother's uh, son well, that'd be you. My mother's uncle used to do dry cleaning. It's just such a great 
I could listen to you talk about New York history all day. And the Castellano House, if you Google Paul Castellano House, uh, Staten Island, pretty cool. Castellano. Yeah, I don't like the bugging. The how the how the FBI would bug these guys because I'd watch these documentaries, and it just seems like ah, you're in my fucking house, like bugging me, like I, you know, what are you doing? It was so the the, the length they went to. To, yeah, to they had, these to, guys. They had is, to. Is insane. They had to go the lower. Millions. They had to like out low the mob. The, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't that difficult to do because you had a guy like John Gotti who really just put it all out there. Um, the way the feds got the Ravenite was not that hard. They saw him holding meetings in broad daylight. Um, you know, he had he had servicemen coming. Uh, Servicemen is that manservants? That's the word we're looking for. He had manservants holding his, an umbrella over him, so he's walking oh up and down God. Mulberry Street. The feds are across the street, looking with their binoculars, going, "Well, you know what? The, who are these guys? Find out who he is." That's and me. so they they realized that they, they couldn't bug the Ravenite. Yeah. But they, they where are these guys going? Uh, and they realized that there was a woman upstairs who lived on top, on one of the top floors. Oh yeah, and that's the old where they, lady. Yeah, that's where he was holding his meetings. And uh, it uh, wasn't that difficult to put it all together. So, you know, they had to wait. He wasn't there, and they put the bug in. And it's not that hard to put a bug in an old lady's apartment when she's not around. Yeah, I mean, they, they put probably it right in the middle of the kitchen Michael. table. <laughs> the old lady. Right. Hey, they hey, probably could have put a microphone. Yeah, it's not um, like you're bugging a, a, a you know. Like a gang's house, you're bugging some old lady's apartment. Okay, pretty yeah. easy. I'll do it on lunch. Yeah, right. You, you just, can do it when uh, she's in there. Knock on the door. Hi, ma'am. I uh, am here to well, check the air not. conditioner. Uh, I'm gonna walk through. And, <laughs> right. All right, bye. Bucks Never mind. Never mind. Say, apartment. Hey, it's me. It's your grandson. You know, Nady. I'm coming. Hi, girl. She opens. Yeah. Ready? You knock she on the door. Ready? You knock on the door. We're getting a little bit of an echo right now. <laughs> I'm getting a bit of a chubby. Knock on the door. She answers it. You just throw it through the door, you know, into into her place. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. Wrong apartment. I feel like I could bug my boss's office if I wanted to. Like, an old woman? Come on. Oh, yeah. I could so, bug anybody's house very easily. We need to, we need to shoot a documentary on these, these tales with Michael. Oh my God! Well, there's an interesting this could be a series. fact that, that actually they they got more than just that one woman's apartment. Um, supposedly they bugged Gravano's house. He lived on Staten Island too. Oh, wow. uh, they were able to get tapes on him, but they were never brought into court because they weren't incriminating. He actually never talked shit about him, uh, anybody, including the boss. But they managed to get Gotti getting crazy because. Gravano had all these businesses that he was acquiring from people that he was taking out. Yeah, like DV and his construction. Oh, yeah. look at him. Yeah. Knowing him down. Got like, you got full rebuy. You got Italian marble tile. What the fuck is that? It's nice to be looked at as a friend. So, uh, Twitter. <laughs> at the underscore podcast, Sam Gravano has been released from prison. And um, you need this needs to be incorporated. Find me make a suggestion. This should be incorporated to the BIS blogger, that wordpress.com. Uh, you should do some of these. Uh, I'm part of an Italian American subculture. Uh, it'd be great to do that. Um, moving on, though, I do want to. I do want to touch on this before we run out of time tonight. Um, that was beautiful, by the way, Michael. I think we need to revisit this uh, every so often and talk about these stories because I could listen to this all day long. G. Marie Castellano wants to get back on. Oh, yeah. Get her back on. You know what? Invited. Open invitation. Uh, Halloween is approaching, and I won't I won't dip my dick in this too much because it's still Fast. September. But uh, according to IMDb.com, some of the best horror movies all time are on this list, and I wanted to get your both of your spins on this. Ginger. Some of these I, I agree with. Some I think, why are they on this list at all? I don't even think they're scary. Uh, so Halloween is upon us. As you know, it is in the theater. It's it's, it's uh, breaking records, doing well. It's and killing me too. Every single, I'm sorry. No, please. Every time I turn to the news on the cell phone, I get a million new articles. It's really all the same. 
but they're just kind of re paraphrased and, and you know recycled. Right. This scene yes. so disturbing that it was cut from the <laughs> from the director's cut. And it's like the the movie's going on what two weeks now. It's like all right, we got it. Right. Yeah, I get it. Okay, I get it. I you know. I, I agree with you 100%. You see that on Facebook all the time, and you're like, just just watch the movie. All right, I get it. Um, according to IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, the best horror-slash-Halloween films of all time are as such. And I'm just going to throw this out there. The number one on this list, which I have a huge problem with, although it's a great flick, mm. is the movie from 2017 called Get Out. They're saying is the best horror film of all time, and that's just I don't bullshit. Know it, but it's, if if you Google or YouTube it, well, YouTube, I'll go to, you'll get something from Get Out, you know, some scene underneath or thrown in the mix of yeah, all the kids' scenes. Yeah, they're doing that. And I don't know the movie, maybe because it didn't hit Germany while I was over there. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Halloween with John Carpenter. And <laughs> maybe that's the best Halloween. I don't. Get out, really? The that's killers the are racists. I don't get. Oh, that's what it is. It's a political thing. It's, it's, it's super political. Matter, political. That, that's why it's, it's the best horror movie of all time. Right. It's, a, it's no. probably a great flick. I don't know if the best Halloween movies of all time. This is Halloween movies. If number one is not Halloween, what the fuck is going on? Get out. Well, really? Who made that's this list? IMDb, the users, people voted on this. Oh my gosh! Another one on this list is, which I agree with. Coming up next is Psycho. That could be deemed a very significant yeah. landmark horror film. Oh, it was a I game changer! Game changer, absolutely. And we're not talking about the 1998 version with Anne oh. Hesh and Vince Vaughn. Horrible. Had he like, needed money. It was a blueprint of of got, Spence and Shock. Exactly the same script. Yeah, every word for word verbatim, it was the same script. You've said that before, and that if you're gonna do something, you know, like a remake of a song, you need to do it differently, like Jessica Simpson doing "Take My Breath Away." It was the same, same music. Oh. You need to do it differently, and they did the like a copy of Psycho, which doesn't work. Uh, yeah, I've no. never seen this film, but Nesferatu. I guess it was in the twenties. Yeah, Nesferatu. This one, I don't know. I've never seen it, but Farat, I, I know Faratu. the imagery. Karatui, Karatui. King Kong, 1933. Ooh. I don't know if that's a horror, a Halloween movie, but... That's an adventure movie. There's not a horror movie. What the... I disagree with IMDb. Smack these fools, no. IMDb. What? Who are you anyway? Halloween is still not in the top ten. I don't understand that at all. I've been personally battling with IMDb Cognac. on a separate. Uh, Are you? I don't know. Hopefully system. about yeah. this. Yeah. Just seen like, no, getting about, clumsy uh, and I, 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 I asked them to remove some information. Oh, They're good. They're not improving. This movie's They're a little not. disturbing. No, they they need to. We'll we'll launch a campaign. They're resting on their dicks. I am. I really don't like it. I I want my information gone. It's my information. I don't think it needs to be on there. I don't think anybody cares, but I don't like it being on there. So I I've, I've been battling with them, and apparently you there's edit some. It? I can't. I can't do it. It's, it's up. To, it's their website. You should say they you're somebody own. else and say this is my information. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah, this is copyright on me. There's some California legal statutes. Uh, some precedent going on right now, and and they they're probably behind in dockets or whatever their excuse is, that they just don't want to uh, act fast when I tell them to take the information down. But until the the issue is resolved in court, they can't take it down. So they say. Stupid. Coming up next is 1932's Freaks, which I haven't seen, but I've seen clips from it on YouTube. I don't think I'll ever watch it. It's very... 1932? Freaks, yes. What month did that come out? I can't remember what I was doing in 1932. I missed, yeah, what I was missed I that doing one. Then? I missed, I missed, I missed Wallace, Ford, Leila Hayams, and Olga Baklainova. <laughs> and Roscoe the birds. And Roscoe The Ades. Birds is coming up next. That's a that's a classic. Great one. That another, I can get on board with. Another great Hitchcock. Hitchcock did well with that. It's very Hitchcockian. Tippy Hedrum. Uh, Give me the willies. 
He was so in love with her. I think he tried to rape her probably three times on the set of that film. No way. Is that true? Wow. Oh, yeah, very true. Yeah, he had a sick infatuation with Tippi Hedren. To the point where she She was was trying to get out of... She was trying to get out of contracts from him because he was such a creep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs. That's incidental. He covets... 1991, and they extended it 30 years later. And there's a 1998 mm. version. They even did it in black and white because, you know, the movie's in black and white. It was an independent film in the late 60s. Right. And Interesting. I, I, if I remember correctly, the, uh, the extended ending is this priest who survived being bit because he poured his face with, uh, he poured holy water on his face. Interesting. That's, that's all I've it never was. Seen the, I've never seen the movie. I've never watched it. Oh, it's brilliant. It's a great, great flick. I'm going to watch it then. Well, if you recommend it, I'm going to put it on the pens. Oh, yes. I saw that with a kid. Yeah, my buddy. Oh, nice. Dude. Rotten Tomatoes. It's listed Silence of the Lambs. Crime film slash drama film. It's, yeah. Nothing about right. horror. It's not yeah, a scary movie. Not. It's not scary. It's psychological. It's Next not film. something you might want to hear technical kid to watch. No. He covets. Next on this list, tell me what you gentlemen think about this. Incidental. A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original from 1984. Yeah, of course. That that belongs in there. Haven't seen seen Jason, though, or Halloween. Still holding out. Freddy was, uh, you know, a staple. He was an icon. He is an icon. I wanted him to kill everybody. Yeah, me too. Right. There's more. There's more on this from the 1960s on this list than anything. Next is House on Haunted Hill. Oh no, that's 1959. My, my day. You know, I can't um, keep those straight. House on Haunted Hill, the, the Hill House. The Hill Haunted. I, I the never know which one. The, the Haunted. There's too much haunting going on that the that you can't remember which one is which. You can't place which haunt. The, the last haunting movie I remember, I think Chris Kattan was in when it was really oh, bad. Oh, yeah. I remember, yeah. remember that? Uh, Owen Wilson was in one of them. Yeah. He was in The Haunting, I think. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Uh, here we go. Uh, 1978, Halloween. Halloween. You know, they're doing a, they're, they're coming back with a, a final one. What's that? You should queue up the theme. The music. Oh gosh, thank you, Mike. The history, you know, next year they're doing another Halloween with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis oh. coming back for a final, final Halloween. But she's dead. Yeah, I don't understand this. Back is it a reboot? Is it a reboot or, or a continuation? From the dead. Because it's becoming so bloated that series. There's like eight spinoffs. And... What was Stapa Todd died? He, he planned on doing 23 Halloweens. He's coming back to Haddonfield to do a podcast. He can't drive. He's been institutionalized. He did pretty good last night on the podcast. Halloween. The scariest Halloween, in my opinion, is the one without Michael Myers, Season of the Witch. Halloween 3. It's the season of the witch. Michael and I have watched that. The idea of the movie was that was clearly a writer who wanted to tell about this some folklore story about Halloween but couldn't get the rights to it. So, you know, you have to call it Halloween, but you can't. So the only way to do it was to kind of write it into uh, the in-between sequence of, of Halloween. In-between the sheets. <sighs> Ca- Carrie, 1976, is up next. Carrie, I only saw that for the first time, I think, a year ago. It's fucked up. Did you see the last one made? Uh-uh. Is it good? The young girl that plays Carrie is no sissy spacer. She's too cute to be an ugly girl who gets pushed around like that. 
Like she just couldn't play the nerdy, ugly girl. She was just too cute. Oh yeah, work. see that doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Tokyo. Three more on this list: Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Ooh. also from 1978. Donald Sutherland, where at the end he goes, yeah, and he points at the uh, camera. It's a little, little messed up. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, yeah, guess, man, what if that movie came out today? <laughs> Probably they, have like they did one like five years following. ago. Right. I know. They, so, but it wasn't they good. They remade Dawn of the Dead. Is Dawn of the Dead on the list? That was The original was made in 78. The original I like. Yeah, I like, the, the oh, yeah. remake was retarded. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, the original. Oh, yeah. The original was good. Dawn of the Dead is on this list. It's a lot later, though. This is top 100. I'm just going to read the, the, the first 10. This one I agree with. This next one, The Shining. It's a very creepy, scary film. Oh, absolutely. Holy shit. You remember and the first time you saw Shining? It's, it's still scary. It holds up. Do you remember the first time you yeah, saw it? Yeah, but I've tried for yes. so many years to try and figure out what is the ending all about. How do you explain the picture? And I had to find out on YouTube recently. Refresh what my... Ginger, what, what, right. what, what picture? Because I've seen it. I saw it once, and I was like... That Last is a month. movie that was really exhausting, and yeah, yeah. I, I get it. It's all about like you know cabin fever and sanity. Let, let me crowbar this in real quick before Mike explains the ending, if I if I may. Slacks. No, no. Uh, Stanley Kubrick used visual effects throughout the film, such as the exterior layout of the hotel to the interior. Did it match up? So sub subconsciously. It would make you very queasy without knowing it. Uh, like people, would, people would walk in the doors, yeah. and then on the other side of the, the scene in the room, there wasn't that door there. Like it would subliminally, it, it, it fucks with your head, which is and, why it's so good. And artistically, I, 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 I appreciate that, but it's something yeah. I really only need to appreciate once. I, I like happy and funny things. Those things are just exhausting because yeah. I, I really like dive in. And I have that spice. Yeah. <laughs> but what's the picture, though? The, yeah, the picture. picture where he's at, like the old-timey 1920s the photo. photo. The end of the movie. Yeah. So nobody really gets it. How could it make sense that Jack it. Nicholson was alive in 1929? Mm. Um, the, the way that it's that uh, somebody explains it on YouTube, um, it's that in the first half of the movie, you're seeing real-time 1980 uh, – well, I guess it was real – it was 1981, yeah. right? 81. Uh, yes, the year of the yeah. king. And uh, in the second half of the movie, you're going into the book. So uh. it's not actually happening. You're actually going into the book that Jack Nicholson is writing. Whoa. Interesting. So, I've never heard that. You just blew my dick. That's amazing. <laughs> it's yeah, supposedly. Blew my interesting. That's, 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 like, that's actually the best explanation now, I've heard. Interesting. Now, there is a very sad version of the movie that was done back in the late 90s with Rebecca De Mornay. Never I think saw even it. Lou, Goss Lou Gossett Jr. was in it. Yeah. It's actually kind of sad. I know about it, but, I, but it, I heard it was better, yeah, more, more original to the book. I didn't read the book. Yeah, I didn't read the book, so I don't know how the book ends. Uh, I never really read any Stephen King books start to finish. But yeah. in the end of... Blasting. Of that film, he dies saving his family. Um, okay. And that's yeah, a that's... really sad scene. Yeah, the kid graduates mm. high school and he uses his shining powers and Maybe sees his Jesus. father at his graduation. And it's really depressing. <laughs> that is depressing, uh, but that's really uh, interesting. Brutal. It is a good play. Uh Two more on this list. This next one, I'm just going to preface by saying I went there with my girlfriend when I was uh, 18 years old and she was not 18 she was 12 no she was she was 17 no I'm, she was 16 I'm watching a clip from uh, Carrie 2013 prom massacre and town destruction it's a little clip oh. here ooh creepy yeah, yeah, bloody Carrie and, and, and juicy cute. but Carrie yeah she's cute like, she's hot. girl like that be made fun of in high school covered in blood's hard to tell yeah so I went this next this next uh, two more on this list. This next one I went to with my girlfriend at the time when I was eighteen. She was sixteen. And they wouldn't let her in the movie because she wasn't she wasn't eighteen. And I because it was rated R. She wasn't seventeen. And I said she's sixteen. And then I said, 
this movie has been out on at the time on VHS for like 30 years. I could go to Blockbuster and rent it because I was seeing this film and they re-released it in the theaters. It was The Exorcist. And this bitch oh of a man like, God. I can't let you in here. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh I could go my. buy this movie across the street at, at Blockbuster right now. So I was like, fine, fuck you. But The Exorcist is a very creepy film. It sits wow. very unwell with a lot of people. And uh, it's, it's fucked up, man. That's a... a a worthy title. I list. remember hearing guys... hearing a lot about it. Uh, people talking about, oh, it's one of the craziest. Oh, it's so horrible. And one night I was at this like sleepover right. where like the kid's sister had like two girls, girlfriends sleepover. So there was like five mm. of us, and you know, and we threw that thing in at like 4 a.m. And I didn't stop watching it until the very end, and I felt like I needed a shower. When it was over at like you know yeah. seven o'clock in the soup. morning, I was like, "Ew, that yeah, that pea soup." duty mouth. One of the best movies in history. Yeah. But uh, like Max von Sydow playing the devil in Needful Things, and that movie is so underrated. I agree. Great flick. Great, great flick. Max Ed Harris in that as well. That's a good. Yeah, movie. Yeah. That's a really good movie. That's a, another Stephen King. Needful Things. Castle Rock. I agree. Uh, Needful Things should be on here. That is truly an underrated film. Last one on this list is Christopher Walken, Tom Skerritt. In the fabled Dead Zone. Oh. 1983, another Stephen King. Uh Of course. Which is... Tom Skerritt was also in one of the Poltergeist. Wasn't he like the second one? He's in the third one. Third one. Maybe he was in the second one too. I, I don't think I ever. I don't know if I ever saw it, but I know he's in the third. Carol Ann. So that's it. Tweet us at the underscore podcast and let us know what you think about the this list from IMDb.com, and uh, let us know what you think your horror movies of all time are. Favorito, and we shall read them on the air. And if you think that IMDb should legally be bound to erase whatever information you personally don't want about you on there. I I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, let them know to get your shit off of there if you don't want it on there. IMDb. I agree with that. Yeah, they shouldn't be Nazis. I don't need it. Nobody cares to read anything about me. I have, I don't know how many stupid credits on there, but there's information I don't need. Splinterheads. Yeah. What happened to your desk? Oh, the desk. Uh, Didn't your desk get fucked up? Win five four. Uh, Okay. You missed your desk. What happened? Did somebody break it? Did Karen do something? Yes, they did. As a matter of fact. Sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. So I I got half of it. Uh, I ordered a desk from I what is. I don't want to plug or slander the companies or anything, but uh, I, at the same time, kind of do because they, they, um, they, I, I ended up getting the refund, so I was made whole again, sort of, not not whole, maybe three quarters. Mm. So they gave mm. me the refund, but yeah. I, I, it took me basically going through. You know when you make that complaint call. And then you go through the, the the young lady on the customer service line, and uh, she can only do for you. So she's got to talk to her supervisor, and her supervisor is going to come back with first offer, and then that that girl, that middle person is uh, going to split it. To you. Yes. And open that, but it's a shitty offer. So they offer me ten percent for the second half of the uh, desk that didn't arrive. This is my studio where I'm supposed to work and do this show out. Uh, at the, the first half out of it. So the second half doesn't show up. Man. It keeps not showing up, and it's still not showing up. And I call, and I complain, and I find out that uh, it was damaged. They broke oh. it. They sent it back. And they, they don't know when it's going to arrive. No restitution? No restitution, no reparations. Uh, but there was restitution. <laughs> so, so the desk was available with a few different companies, and uh, hmm. 
you know, by this point, I've already got half a desk, so it's not like, you know, I can't return it because it weighed like 250 pounds and now it's in a thousand oh, parts. Oof. Um, so I need the second half and I need a quick, and of course, again, I know, well, we're very sorry that this happened, but of course, you know, we're going to tell you that there's nothing we can do except, you know, you just have to wait. And, uh, that's <laughs> just the way life, goes. you know, that's the feeling you get from people. If you yeah. don't hold your ground, stick to your guns and say, that's unacceptable. So I yeah. said, that's unacceptable. They offered me 10% off Ooh. as a discount refund me 10%. on the desk i said 10 percent's nothing i mean i, I mean it, it, that was like 40 bucks one out of ten so i yeah uh, unacceptable no so she's got to go back to her supervisor now supervisor's <sighs> gotta go through the 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 options again with the That's poor girl crap. and then girl's got to relay to me i finally ask let's uh they said well we can refund your money i said but i got this what am I going to do with this desk? And I got to get a new, I have to get a new one. Yeah, I've got all these parts here. You know, do you have the original box? I'm like, lady, I'm not packing this 250 pound pile of, of uh, fake wood and stuffing it back into a box for you people to come pick it up at your convenience. It's not going to work. Get your ass so, down here and pick it up yourself. Right. And, and we got to that point. So I said, oh, look. Good. How do we come to some resolve here? And I said, uh, I need to talk to your supervisor. Just wait, I'm going to have to talk. Okay, let me see. So now she's got to go back again. It can't just be oh, from the supervisor. It's three floors up. Right. So the elevator's broke. Right. The supervisors <laughs> are at a meeting right now. Oh, shit. Come to the phone. I said, well, I hope shit, they're talking they're about meetings. customers. And uh, she said, and there's one supervisor, but he's on the phone with another customer right now. I'm like, well, that says a lot about your service now, doesn't it? So finally, I think oh that the, the supervisor just gave up and didn't want to hear from me anymore. So they just finally offered me the full refund. And uh, no, they said, yeah. So they said, if you can, you dispose of the desk yourself. I said, yeah, I guess I could throw it away. Hmm. But then I got creative. And I called this, not the, the retailer. I actually called the manufacturer and said, hey, look, ah. got a little situation here. One of your vendors kind of fucked me over. Can you get me the second half of this desk? Here it is. Gave him the part number. Yes, we can. I said, how much does the desk cost? That half. She said, the half will cost like two and a quarter or something. So in the end, with all the information, I basically got the desk for half off. But it's still not put together because I don't have the second half yet. Ugh. So for the aggravation, was a half a half price because I got fifty percent off. You know, I don't know. Depends right. Get, but I really because uh, it caused me a lot of problems. Mm, at least you got some sort of savings. Yeah, I mean, fifty percent. But it's the point is how many times you have to go through a supervisor to finally. Right. Get the satisfaction that you deserve. Right. They have to local, and you got to work your way out. Right. It's like you know, like it's like you're a boxer, and you're like, you know what? The only way I'll beat this guy is if I go 13 rounds. It's the only way. That's and the like, way. Yeah. Like that's what you, you your mentality should be when you like pick up the phone because you're like, this is gonna be like a two hour thing because I'm gonna have to climb all <laughs> over this corporation to get I, something I done. I had to bring that up right. too. Yeah, I said, to "Look, conversation. I'm got the timer on my phone. This conversation's going on 45 minutes already. They shake That's you ridiculous. down. They're a, they're right. a they're a they're a mafia in a in a in a you know corporate oh, yeah. disguise. Oh yeah, absolutely. They do the shakedown. Dodgers win five four against Penisville. Yeah, the corporations are <laughs> Yeah, when they start doing the by the book, let's do corporate policy, it's like, fuck you. Come on, help me out. But did you seriously think I'm going to be satisfied with 10% off? That's bullshit. That's like, I mean, you that, know, that's, that's like a tug of the dick. Come on. Yeah, that's like a stop and shop coupon right there. 10% yeah, is Maybe like 50% off. That's like 10 cents off a dollar. That's like It's like tax. It's like no tax. Yeah. You can buy the item with it is. We'll just waive the right. tax. Right, tax free. Right, yeah. exactly. Stupid. Totally on set. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's but, but they knew they could have done better. They but do you really think I'm going to be satisfied with that? Is anybody that stupid that they're going to take the first offer that you throw at them? Yes, the answer is yes. There's actually a lot you of know, people that are that dumb. Up. You, you, you couldn't deliver it. And what pissed me off is, all right, stuff happens. The desk broke. Well, part two broke. And instead of telling me so, they just jerked me around and they let it wait and wait and wait. And finally, I've got uh, two weeks gone by, almost three. And I've got the... the, the yeah, three moons passed. The first desk, three lying in my... Motions. I can't do anything. Yeah. I can't even put the first half of the desk together because oh. they split the in different boxes. Oh. oh, those idiots. Yeah, they're so yeah, proactive. I'm sorry, man. One. That's crap. I cannot even do step one of the instruction book because one half of step one is here, the other half ain't. And that's it's two crap. pieces of plywood. That's oh, convenient. You don't need it. It almost yeah, seems so planned good. for that to happen. Right. I'm sorry, man. That, yeah, that's right. too convenient. Right. To erect. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's good. I hate this desk. We just got a. Uh, we're getting deliveries now because Heather's baby showers in two weeks up in Philly. So. Oh, I bet. We uh, got a crib, and there's a crib built in my house now. It's, Pretty weird. Oh boy. But pretty cool. Oh jeez. Yeah. Delicious crib. <laughs> Nocturnal crib. I slept in it. It, it it's good. One I broke night. it Just in. I broke it, but I broke it in too. So. Mm, yeah. It's gonna be a bad bench. I can remember sleeping in a crib you You prefer it? I can remember it, yeah. Uh, oh wow. Interesting. I, uh, I can't I vaguely remember. I remember I getting up in the crib and being able to like put my hands on the bars, but I think that was like when I was just getting out of it, probably. Yeah. That is interesting. Mm. Do, you remember, do you remember when if, where you first slept? Please. Bunk beds. I always wanted bunk beds. Tell us about your crib. Yeah, tell us about your cribs. Cribs, but it's really cribs. It's not like MTV's cribs. We're really just looking at like bassinets from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Cutting edge. You know, why is it that simple things like prams cost so much money and they're good for a couple of years? And really, the only way to get your money's worth out of baby stuff anymore is to keep having kids. Otherwise, you've got to get rid of it and you've wasted all that money. But then you got to spend more money to have another kid, except at least you can recycle the last yeah. kid. Yeah, just recycling the the, the previous. Yeah, it's, I you mean, can wear, it, you can wear these pants. I'm a girl. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're, a lot <laughs> of the stuff you're like either throwing out or recycling, or you're filling a giant Tupperware container full of it, like Christmas right. ornaments. Oh, and it just yeah. it just takes up space in the in the crawl space. Right, you're giving you're giving it away to friends who are on the way to having their kid or family or sister-in-law or whoever. Right. But that shit do a lot of money. Oh my gosh, dude! The stuff that's coming in here—it's it like pricey. I haven't had to buy anything of importance yet because it's all coming. Car seats, strollers. <laughs> oh my goodness! A it's shed. All the way. A tool it's all shed. The a dick shed. A tool shed. That's yeah, amazing. You guys want to put tonight in the W column? Slash. It's getting late. It's been a, been a packed show. Salacious show. So, I guess the only thing left to say tonight is to... <laughs> At the end of school podcast, I let Michael Biscardi know your thoughts on your first crib. John know your thoughts on the price of cribs. And please text me anything about cribs, because I just love them. At the underscore podcastle. From all of us here, thank you for tuning in. Michael Biscardi, John Hastner, and Matthew Clark saying goodnight, all. Uh, Rams lead the Niners from San Francisco 41-26 to with 635 in the fourth. And happy Halloween. Girly and Watkins fueling. <laughs> Thank you.
Be 